shouting, but no one hears him. From death row, this is Mumia Abu Jamal. These commentaries are produced by Prison Radio. Free Speech Radio News is a worker-run collective. Our newscast is produced by Simba Russo and Monica Lopez. Our Washington editor is Leanne Caldwell. Shannon Young is our headlines editor. Our technical production team at KPFA in Berkeley includes Eric Klein and Antonio Ortiz. You can listen to this newscast in its entirety at fsrn.org. From KPFK in L.A., I'm Laura Bogado. What are we doing in here? Dan, get off my foot. There are hangers everywhere, Christy. And what's up with these mothballs? This is stifling. I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, and I can barely move. Forget this, man. Closets Closets are for clothes. Closets Are for Clothes is Michigan's premier queer radio show, celebrating 30 years of broadcast excellence. 60 minutes of award-winning gaiety and witty repartee. (laughs) We're here, we're on, Closets Are for Clothes on WCBN-FM 88.3, Radio Free Ann Arbor. The next hour will be jam-packed with news, reviews, and interviews of interest to the LGBT community, our friends, family, and allies. We are your hosts... Dan Burns and Christy Cardinal. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. Okay, so I got something to say right off the bat. All right, say Uh-oh. it. Our, say it. Pr- our pre-show conversation, I am so glad that Bryn is here. <laughs> she knew uh, people were going to be having on today and things like that, and she was like, oh, so what about this, and what about that, and what about that angle, and I was kind of like, you know what? I could never fill those shoes. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're blessed. To, so, to hold on. She is. She's doing great. So I just think it's exciting to have uh, uh, Bryn on board. First, exactly. Yeah. So good job. Awesome. Yeah. It's great to be here. I um, am embarrassed to admit that uh, last week I have no good excuse <laughs> for not <laughs> being here <laughs> other than completely getting lost in the suburbs of Oakland County. Like, oh, it was, yeah ridiculous yeah. I just you know I'm just I'm still pretty new to the area and I'm just like I I I I was wandering around some of those little towns looking for 275 forever and I just I just could find the, the, no. the, the, the exit no. like, to get or the on ramp to get it was ridiculous I felt like such yeah. a dick I normally have like a really good sense of direction too but I just I oh. well in 275 is a challenge because it's a circle Yes. Is it really? Sort of. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a half circle. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, wow, okay. It's a half circle, and yeah. so it doesn't actually run in any linear fashion that would make it seem, you can see it, but you can't get to it. Lots of fun stuff Yes, like yes. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and around, you know, Pontiac and, the, and that area that I live, I actually live pretty far from Ann Arbor, but yes. I, I come down here because, again, I'm working for you, too. Uh, <laughs> I want to make it well, happen. Well, that's very sweet. You know what I mean? um, but... No, I mean, um, all all the all of the names of the streets up there are like Square Lake Road and Round Lake Road and Long Lake Road and Mirror Lake Road, and it's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> they all sort of run together. There are a lot of lakes. Yeah, especially Big Beaver mm-hmm. when it goes from um, Corton oh, yeah. to Big Beaver oh. to um, uh, what is it, Metro Park? Oh. It goes. It's three different names, kind of like our um, Huron, Washtenaw, and Jackson? No, yeah. Huron. Huron's a big street. It becomes Jackson. Oh, Road. Cross. That's what I'm thinking of. Cross. It goes from Cross to Washtenaw 
stadium briefly right to Huron. I mean, there's an yeah. intersection of stadium yeah. in Washtenaw. Yeah. It's a yeah. long, long... Yeah. I'm still trying to find my way around Ann Arbor, but I'm here. Yes. Is, you is are here. Point. That's right. I, we were, <laughs> that we were on the phone while she was trying to find yeah. the station. I was giving her directions. Oh, okay. But I, I made it. I you did, did make yeah. it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So what's exciting going on in um, the week of, of YouTube? Go ahead, Christy. I totally forgot what I was going to say. Oh, no. I do want to... I Well, I have a little bit, I guess. It's a fashion commentary. Oh, oh, boy. What is up with people wearing giant clothes? You mean, uh, like, giant sweater vest and yeah, giant sweater? Giant yeah, giant clothing. Like, that's probably... Big glasses, too. Far, like, maybe 10 or 15 sizes too big for them. Oh, my gosh. Like, ginormous clothing. Well, maybe it's not that many sizes. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say. It seems to be, like... They look like they're maybe a, like I don't know have a 32 inch waist, yeah. Wear like a 38 long jacket or something, and they're wearing like size 60 pants and size 60 sweaters. And what is? What? I think that started with know. the Olsen twins. It's that whole like boho hobo. But kind I don't of get it. Like, I don't know. I mean, and that's very like you know. I have a secret. Um, like Uh-oh. like a secret um, love of fashion magazines, and that's very like it's, that's very it right now. It's no longer Chloe a secret, by the way. Marnie, yeah, that, <laughs> that very like you know Mark Jacobs kind of like very studied schluffiness thing, like, huh. which I can totally. Right my thing with the Olsen twins, I definitely think that they do it to make themselves look even smaller. Like the giant purse and the giant right. glasses makes yeah. them look even more diminutive, you know. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. I think but it's because they want to disappear. Right, they want to disappear. Yeah. That's and that's a very common thing for people with eating disorders. Yeah, they just want to disappear. They right. don't want to be seen, and they don't want to. Um, and so it makes them take like look like they're taking up even less space. Yeah. So this is my frustration. I just and it happened. Men are doing it too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Young men are doing it <laughs> yes. a lot. And I because on my way here, I drive by many bus stops. You know, I live in sure. Ann Arbor. There's right. bus stops all over the place. And every single bus stop that I drove by where there were people at, there was somebody there wearing giant clothing. Interesting. And so, and a friend of mine said to me one time when we were talking about this kid walking around in my neighborhood, he was wearing giant clothing. Like, does he want to be fat? And he's not. So he's Uh, buying extra large clothes. Did he used to be fat? And he can't afford to buy new clothes. Like, what is the aesthetic that this guy is going on for this guy? Interesting. It's a very interesting thing. Yeah. I, and I was thinking discomfort. I mean, you don't want tight-fitting clothing. I don't... Clothing that's... Wow, don't hurt yourself. Exactly. Ouch. Clothing that's that large is not any more comfortable, though. Oh, really? I okay. don't think so. I don't think wearing clothes that are five or six sizes too large are comfortable. Necessarily, yeah, I mean, it's a it's True. a fire hazard. It is a fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a health and safety issue in a whole lot of ways, frankly. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just I don't understand the whole giant clothes phenomenon. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was trying to think of it was an outgrowth from uh, the bell bottom. Uh, uh, jeans that were around for a little bit, you know, a couple of years ago. Crazy, yeah, I guess yeah, my very thing is like club influence. Yeah, yeah. Or is Maybe. it a, you know, are we trying to go back to kind of like that, that like you're saying, hobo, the kind of uh, I don't know. <coughs> trying to be um, 
you know, like where you had like the where you bought clothing that didn't quite fit you, that you'd roll everything up, uh-huh. and so um, that you had that that hand me down look. But I don't right. know if that's what I it is. Know what it I is just either. You know, I'm just glad I've got clothing to put on. That's what I'm know? saying. That's what I'm saying. It's weird too. It's like, as a as a fat woman, I'm like, you know, it's hard sometimes for me to even find clothes that mm. fit. And here, this is somebody that's got a bazillion options of clothes, and they're choosing to buy the only clothes that fit me. Right. You know? Yes, like, exactly. Yeah, more competition. Yeah. Yeah, but then yeah. that might drive the prices down because there's more people buying it. Maybe. That's a bonus. I haven't found that. I haven't found that either. No, the casual male big and fat, or extra fat, that's what it's called now. The casual male XL. Oh, there you go. They've changed yes. their name, and so now we call it, we used to call it casual male big and fat, because it's really funny. <laughs> yes. But now we can't call it that. We call it casual male extra fat. <laughs> <laughs> and they, that is a, uh, they have the, uh, a monopoly, yes. I think, and they also have, yes. you know. Well, the only one that I know of that, can, that competes with them is like another catalog. Right. And so, therefore, it's just, it's, you it's can much order, harder order. to shop there yep. in a catalog. But I wonder if big people only shop online. Because if there isn't, you know, because I can't find things. I was looking for a, a Halloween costume last night with a friend of mine. And we were looking at different things. And, and we couldn't, and we had to literally go online to find anything in a clothing or a um, mm-hmm. an outfit that I could possibly wear. And it, it was really difficult to go. I don't trust, but I very rarely buy clothes online. And when I have, it's been a bad experience. I mean, like, I just can't trust that they'll fit what i do do is is check them out because like when i go into stores it's so overwhelming you know what i mean that's like yes. it's program like there's so much like industrial psychology going on there to just like trick your brain into like needing things to buy so like what i i, I get online and pre-plan my purchases and then go to the store oh, good thinking. And sometimes i even call ahead i'm like hey so do you have this 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 and this size and they're like sure i'm like could you put one on hold for me or if not can you get one from another store and then wow kind of make it very smart shopper yeah interesting yeah that's very see, i do have to see it myself i have to kind yeah. of take a look at it so i was trusting a friend who does a lot of catalog shopping yeah. and could do that very easily was just like wow so i have my very first online shopping experience was a nightmare i generally oh. i shop online often yeah. for many things not just Some clothing I, I love it, and with a baby, it's so much easier. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, um, And it doesn't take as much time, and I can do it at midnight and whatever. I'm all about shopping online. But my very first shopping online experience, I, did, I bought a pair of pants on eBay, mm. and they were described as gray pinstripe trousers. And I thought, oh, those sound very classy, very mm-hmm. nice for work and whatever. Well, it didn't describe them accurately, because when they oh, came no. to my house... They were bulletproof polyester, Ew. elastic waist with multicolored <laughs> pinstripes. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they did were you, some wow. heinous pants. Like, oh, my did you see gosh. Them before you got them, or did you just go I on? did, but you couldn't see oh, those, those details. 
Wow. It does lie. Mm -hmm. And people on eBay are tricky sometimes. And so I actually kept those pants for a very long time hanging in my closet (laughs) as a reminder of the perils of shopping online. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. Because it can can can, get you. It can really do. Speaking of the camera and pictures that don't lie, I want you to check this out. I know that nobody can see this on the radio, but... Me with Leslie Feinberg. Wow. Oh, wow. That. Yeah. That's a very nice picture. Right. Yeah. I got to meet Leslie in Detroit. We a can put weeks that on ago. our website. You know, I was thinking that maybe we could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm that, like, sort of vain. But um, <coughs> no, it, it was great. Um, Leslie spoke at the Detroit um, branch of the Workers' World Party. And um, it was pr- a fairly small, like, intimate gathering. Of communists, and um, we <laughs> we went, and me and a friend went, um, and like, such a good speaker, such a good, like I almost cried at times. Wow! I, like, I felt like I was in church. <laughs> wow! It was, like, it, like just so compelling and so. Like, well, that's a really great cool. plug because Leslie's yeah. going to be speaking at U of M on Tuesday, yep. the 24th, yep. mm-hmm. from 5 to 7, I believe at Rackham Auditorium, maybe? Yep. I'm not sure. Yeah, but she could come into our show because they already had other plans for her. Oh. I think she was the the speaker yeah. that was going to be coming here. Yeah, Against we Health is the name of the conference. Yeah. Transgressive Healthcare. And, um, yeah, I have one more small detail to mention about that evening is that... Um, <coughs> Apparently, when the Rutgers World Party gets together, they always have um, food. Um, oh. And, and, like, and Leslie was so, like, approachable and, like, very, like, um, w- and was helping to serve food. So I can say now that, like, Leslie Feinberg served me meatballs. <laughs> which not everybody can say. No, not and, everybody can say that. No, and yeah. Debbie Johnson's smothered fried chicken, which was, I got to give a shout out to Debbie Johnson. It was absolutely amazing. Wow. Absolutely amazing. So it's interesting because I've always heard Leslie Feinberg in so many other different mm-hmm. contexts. What Did they say anything about, was it more like about... Was it when you said communist? I well, mean, right? yeah. I mean, it's it's a workers' party and it's a socialist party, but um, yeah, it's specifically about like like GLBT history within the context of like radical movements. Um, I think that I I mean, you know, there are a lot of people there. When I say communist, I'm, I'm sort of being a little tongue in cheek. You know, there are yes, a lot of people there from the, from the Green Party. Um, but you know, who knows? I, I love hanging out with sort of older radicals, younger yeah. radicals kind of get on my nerves, but like people who have been there, especially in like the late fifties or sixties or seventies or eighties, like, and who still have that like idealism. I just like mm-hmm. give them total props because it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And like, um, especially, you know, like to have been around the block and seen so much change occur and still. Absolutely. You know. And still have that idealism and, mm-hmm. and that, yeah. Yeah. And when to move forward. That's great. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. How about you, Dan? How are you? Well, I'm a little traumatized. Oh, I'm coming no. in. Yes. I, I thought that I would, uh, oh, and I happened, well, I can say some good things. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some folks, I went to a, a potluck on, um, uh, on Friday evening, and we were just just k- kibitzing and things, mm-hmm. and I started laughing, and somebody turns to me and goes, 
do you do a radio show? Oh. And so, yeah, so, and then the, the word Bye. spread that we oh. uh, do closets about oh. closets over clothes, and everybody's like, oh my gosh. So, we may have some new listeners tonight. That's cool. uh, welcome aboard. And, welcome, um, welcome. So, yes. Yeah. And uh, so, they have some folks that are going to be doing maybe some iPodding or, uh, no, podcasting. So, well, are we podcasting or, or so does this work? Do we podcast and mm-hmm. then they iPod or does that they download podcasts from so, iTunes okay. yeah. Yeah, from okay. iTunes yeah. see I'm trying to get the lingo down you yeah. know so like I can show you how to do it down yeah. right, right yeah. Here, <laughs> on my iBook on your iBook yes. yeah it's my iLife right but yeah so it was just kind of very interesting so anyway so but um, over the weekend so I was sharing at the potluck about how a friend of mine um, couldn't find anybody to, to dog sit for them over the weekend and they really wouldn't go to this event. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I will, I'll go to this thing. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, can, can you help us out? And I said, sure, okay. I'll be glad to um, help out with, you know, help out the with the dogs. dog. What kind of dog sitting? Well, there's only one dog, mm-hmm. and it was a, a Cocker Spaniel. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, an adorable <laughs> dog. It was oh, actually wow. a very cute dog. She was absolutely okay. wonderful. And what, so, What's her name? Molly. Oh, yes. that's really cute. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Molly and I um, had spent some time together before the um, uh, before moms left and before the moms left and so what happened so there was like the really quick like hi 10 minutes kind of like hey Molly introduce you to, to this, this this guy and then come over for dinner spend several hours so Molly's kind of used to me and things and we seem to have gotten along really well we were you know I brought some uh, treats over I brought you know um, chew toys over so I thought I thought we were in we oh, were like yeah. I thought um, we were thick as thieves exactly this is going to be an exciting weekend. We're going to yeah. go walks around the block. We're going to yeah. um, play, have playtime. And I get over There's there. There's nothing like a puppy to uh, attract the fly honeys down. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Because there was some, they live in a prime neighborhood for oh, some, right. uh, yes, exactly, mm-hmm. for meeting uh, um, meeting other people and sharing, sure. you know, life experiences. <laughs> so, um, so I was like, okay, so I'm going to go there. I get there on Friday. And... Um, and she is is like just staring me down. Oh no! And she's on top of the couch. Eyeball. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, "Hi, Molly. Come on, Molly. Let's go outside." Like this, and she's looking at me, oh, no. and she starts shaking. Ooh. And I'm like, "Oh my word! Like, what's going on? Like oh, this?" Okay. And I was just like, "Are you okay?" Like, "Okay, Molly." And I'm just like, "Come on, Molly. Let's go outside." And I'm mm-hmm. keep going, and, and like mo- moving in the right direction, and she's not moving. I'm like. So, oh, she's she's shaking, so she must be scared. Mm-hmm. So I go over to the couch where she's at, and I sit down, and sure enough, she shakes even more. And I thought, oh, well, this isn't working at all, getting close to her, yeah. trying to help her out. Yeah. Like, hey, Molly, it's okay. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, okay. So I get up, and I start walking to the door, and I'm like, you know, let's go outside. I'm like, oh, you know what? They probably don't use the word outside. You know, they, like, what's the language she's looking for? Mm. And I'm like, hey, let's go. Let's go to the bathroom. Let's go to the bathroom. Let's go mm. pee. Like this mm-hmm. or whatever. Nothing. She's no. just shaking on the thing. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so I go to the door. Door, the glass mm-hmm. doors, and I'm like on the door, going outside, outside, pointing outside. Like, come on, let's go! And she's looking at me like, I wish what? I could have been there. <laughs> oh, exactly. And she's looking at me like, no, like no. she's just shaking. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta get her outside, and I've got to get to this potluck right afterwards. Oh, no. I'm like, I'm already late, and I'm like, oh, like this or whatever. So I. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I thought, okay, what I'll do is I'll open the door mm-hmm. and then kind of maybe maneuver myself around to the other side of her. And she'll maybe, since she's scared of me, she'll run outside. <laughs> like this or whatever. <laughs> well, sure enough, 
I open the door, I get to the kitchen, and all of a sudden I hear this scurry, and out she goes, like this. And I'm like, oh, good. So then I shut the door so I can save the heat. And I'm looking outside, making sure she pees, and sure enough, she goes to squat, looks up, and sure enough, stands directly up like, oh, no, I don't know you well <laughs> enough to be able to go to the bathroom in front of you. And oh, I'm like, no. no! <laughs> like, don't do this to me. Oh, no. So, of course, I go to the kitchen and started, like, you know, watching through the window and kind of looking and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm usually great with animals. I mean, people's moms, the elderly, and dogs love me kind of thing or whatever. No, not Molly. Molly was like, I'm not having anything. I see right through you, pal. Are Molly's, are, is Molly's family a male family or a female family? A female family. That's why. And that's what I thought. Mm. So that's what they suggested at the at the potluck. So sure enough, I, you know, open the door kind of thing, and I'm like, okay, Molly, let's go. Let's go inside. Come on. Come on in. And she's like, mm-mm. She peers around the door, around the corner. I'm like, come on. Come in. And she's like, mm-mm-mm, like this. And I'm like, oh, oh man. Aww. So then I go, oh, get down to her level. That's what I do with kids. I go down, because they're only like three feet, and I'm a pretty big guy. I'll go down to her. So I'm kneeling on the ground with it, like, and I bet the neighbors were just laughing. Oh, I'm like, I'm come sure. on, Molly. Let's go inside. Let's go inside. And she's like, Mm, I'm not doing it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I said, oh, you know what? If I ignore her. That's what happened last time. So uh-uh. I found the patio furniture, and I go to sit, and I have my back to her. And so I could see out of the, the, the ba- my left eye. Uh, it was toward the door, so I could kind of see. Um, and she was on the right side or whatever. And I heard the scurry, and I see this this rush go run into the run into the house. I'm like, great, she's inside. So I run to the door, shut the door, lock it, and they said, and so I wanted to give her a treat, saying, good girl. Mm-hmm. They said the only place she'll go is either on the on the, on the furniture, kind of thing, mm-hmm. she'll sit on the furniture, or she'll be on the bed. Mm-hmm. I'm looking and looking and oh, looking. No. She is nowhere to be found. I look underneath the bed. Did I look. you lose a cocker spaniel? Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just like trying to find her. And I says, you know what? I know she's da- she's here. I saw her go in. I mean, right. the worst case scenario, she's still outside. So I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not going to go downstairs in the basement. So I'm just, I'm just going to go to the potluck, and I'll deal with this mm-hmm. when I come back. So I go to the potluck, and sure enough, you know, I'm telling the story, and everybody's suggesting, well, if it's two moms, you got to use a higher voice because right. you. And at the time, I had a really bad cold, so uh-huh. I was speaking like Barry White, you All know. Right. Kind of thing. So I was like, oh my gosh. So I was like, okay, we got to do this. So, um, on the way back, I get a phone call. I'm like, they're like, so the moms are calling. Oh. So how's Molly? How's our how's our little daughter? I'm like, not so good. Oh, like this, God. and they're like, what's going? And they're thinking when I said I could not find her, I said I can't find her. She's not anywhere. I can't find her. And they're like, and I go, she must be just down in the basement. And they went, she never goes in the basement. I'm like, oh my gosh, where could she be? That oh. like this, but I couldn't find her anywhere on the first floor. And so they're like, you left her outside this whole time? I'm like, no, I didn't leave her outside. Like this. And they're like, oh, great. And of course, um, this is just before I left. And so people are like, oh, yeah, so she's probably staring at the neighbors going... You'll never let me help me help me. There's a stranger in my house like this, you know, <laughs> trying to plead with the neighbors and while I'm gone and I'm like, Oh my god, I had this worst case scenario. So sure enough, I pull up, she's in the window on the back of the couch, like mm-hmm. Oh, you again. <laughs> like this. And sure enough, so I go in there, and she does the exact same thing, would not react to me or whatever. But this time when she came in, 
<laughs> she went directly downstairs and had nothing to do with me. Huh. And the whole weekend, it was like this. It was like I couldn't. They they just gave me little tricks, like put put the the leash on her, and um, she'll automatically go. Oh, okay, but you have to take her into the front door, not mm-hmm. the back door. Well, you know that didn't work. I tried to use my authoritarian voice with her, like Molly. It's time to go. Go uh, outside. Like this or whatever. And she's looking at me like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, goodness. The whole weekend, the poor thing is like so traumatized. I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. So, so well, but the, but the moms let me continue for the whole weekend. And they said, well, if anything, you know. Turn around and come home. and Exactly. Exactly. And. So they'll just they'll help you know they'll help her through therapy you know one's a social worker one's a nurse oh. so they can kind of <laughs> work it work it out they can work it out yeah, yeah. and they, it, sh- they should um if you ever need to pet sit for them again they should start turning the radio on during <gasps> closets see oh and get, them, get the dog used to your voice good so thinking that is a great idea that's a brilliant idea or, or give her a cd yeah, yeah so they can play all day <laughs> so you're used <laughs> to my voice oh, they're not ho- yeah exactly that's but then oh wow and we could get some new listeners we could get our you know a whole like canine demographic, <laughs> <laughs> demographic. <laughs> absolutely i know that my cats listen uh, oh see yeah. there we go yeah. <laughs> yeah, but your kids are afraid of us too. <laughs> My cats are afraid of deep voices. That's yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> so, Christy. Yeah. Um, I was listening to last week's show. Uh oh. And I learned. Oh, that some- sounds ominous. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I was listening to. S- I learned something about you on this show. Uh oh. Boy, that you have a live journal. I do. Did I mention that? <laughs> I do. I want to talk about blogging for a minute. Uh-oh. Okay. okay. Are you on... So so, so what kind of... Are, is your... Do you have a live journal that everyone can read? Or are, are, is your... Is I have a live... I have a variety. I have a mixture live journal. Oh, I have... Some private. Some, some private. Some public. Oh. See, because I have a, yet another confession to make. Like, Uh-oh. I'm laying it all out here. I'll tell you. All the closets are closed. I have a live journal too. Sweet. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. And um, which is odd because we're kind of out of the demographic of live we're journal users in that we're not fourteen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I will also say to them, all of the people on my friends list, almost all of them are in their thirties. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, it's a good way to yeah. keep in touch with people. It's it is. like it's like you get a bunch of like personal emails to read from your mm-hmm. friends every day you know what i mean which is a, a nice way to keep in touch with people you know when you don't always have time to like make phone calls and stuff and right there are you know like communities and whatever you can join if you're interested in getting like news or discussing topics or whatever right. i think we should get tan on I think we should too. Oh my God! With the um, you can find dates on Live Journal with the great date. Oh well, that's the problem. I've been trying. So no, 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 you really could on there. Really, it's a more intimate medium. It's you might might not get so many like random trashy picture requests. Oh, okay. Exactly. Talk about things. Gotcha. Right, it's, you, you get on there, and so you have your friends list, right? Which right. People you probably already know in real life. This yes. is just a way that you talk to them right. a lot. Right. The majority of the people on my friends list, that's who they are. But then there are communities. Mm-hmm. So you would say you would join the like big fat homo community. Not that there is one. I'm just saying. Right, 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 right. And so you'd I'm have sure, you join. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if there was one. <laughs> um, so you would join that community. 
and you would talk to people on that list oh. all the time. And then maybe somebody would say, hey, you want to be on my personal friends list? I want to yeah. be on yours. And then they're on your personal friends list and they're reading all about your troubles trying to get a date. Because gotcha. that's what you're blogging about. And they say, I'll date you. <laughs> Interesting. Right. Or you might have, or your, or your friend might post something and then, you know, Take their it off. friend like responds to it and there's like back and forth and right. you're like it's a good it's a it's a people meeting friends of friends it's gotcha. all on the internet but yes. still it's a it's a it's an interesting it freakishly phenomenon i will say most of, like i said most of the people on my friends list i do know in real life but i've gotten to know them way faster and way better yes. on, through live journal than i would yeah. have I'm a like little going like, to potlucks, and right? Whatnot. And okay. like, I'm a little afraid to add you because, like, yeah, you put so much of your life out there. I mean, like, uh, this is yes. it's like giving someone the gift of like three years of your life. Yes, <laughs> yes, like, yep. It's crazy. I would, I would, ha- I would filter you off some things. I'd filter you <laughs> off. <some> things <laughs> <laughs> I, I have um, several filters. Me too. On there, filters are ways are people like like private private yeah, stuff you and can public set stuff. It up. So that only certain people can see it. Right. Or by topic, too. Like, if I want to talk about trans stuff, I can run this filter. If I want to talk about, you know, know, boring, like, fashion stuff, I can talk about in this filter. If I want to talk about, you know, like... Right, like my personal, private, like relationship stuff. I can put it on like that Uber secret private mm-hmm. filter or whatever. So I mean, yeah, you can definitely set the level. Of See, I think whatever. I probably would be better at like an audio blog. You can do that too. Okay, you can post call in on your live journal. You can call and do your, it by voice. Wow, I could, I could post a live journal entry right now. I'm not gonna. Right. <laughs> I've never done a voice post because I can't remember the phone number to do it, but right. I'm gonna. Oh wow! Okay. So you could just upload like you couldn't like just do your voice and then you probably I and then I upload actually, it. I upload closets every week to my friend. We got oh. some new listeners that mm-hmm. way. You can actually. link. Wow. To podcast. Welcome aboard. Yeah. Yes, welcome aboard. So yeah, I'm not going to disclose what my journal. Is <laughs> yeah, well, I've right, yeah, been trying to do that for years now. <laughs> just had it for quite like a year or two. I so won't do oh, that, no. but because you know I don't want to be stalked. No, it's true. Right. You're right, though. It's a lot of information. I feel because sometimes with closets, I think I like tell a little too much. (laughs) But, you know, especially if they start listening to all the shows, they can take a little. It's weird when somebody comes up to you and knows something very intimate about you and you're like, what? True. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. True. I'm. How do you know? Yeah. <laughs> that I have an, a deodorant allergy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, what's your last no. name? I don't. Yeah. You know, it's tough uh-huh. when that happens to you. Exactly. Really, I think we should take a little break, mm-hmm. and when we come back, we're going to talk to Jeremy for a little bit. Um, okay. Actually, crap. I realize it is now 6.30. We need to actually call our interview guest. Jeremy, you can help us interview them, and then we'll talk to you after we talk to her. Sounds good. All right. All right. So when we return, we're going to have Ember Swift on the phone from Canada, eh? Hey. Um, so we'll be back. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Back. back already. Oh, we wow. Okay. Back. 
Fantastic. Christy is writing down her live journal new username for me. <laughs> like we're in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I totally wrote it in her notebook. Wow. <laughs> K-I-T. That's right. <laughs> I should have wrote K-I-T. That's funny. That's really funny. Um, so we're working on getting... Uh, Amber Swift on the phone, and I see that Jeremy wrote himself a little note why he's tardy. <laughs> he was locked out of the building. Again. And of course, they, they did it on the week that uh, you, you started. So, yeah, I don't think your mic is on. So, um, but yeah, so that was Alex really funny. Alex otherwise occupied. That's all right. <laughs> oh. Suddenly you came on. No, I think it, I think it was just the uh, oh closest to the microphone proximity of someone else. Close here. Got it. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, I, now I'm tearing the place apart. Yeah. There we go. So I should have brought some. We should have duct tape in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's always helpful. <laughs> so yeah, he's working on the phone so and his we, mic. We move on to talking to Ember. I do want to say congratulations um, on Outfest. It rained a lot, but it was still fun. <laughs> it was a good event. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, despite the rain, everybody who was there had a good time, and we still raised money. So, mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. We, I mean, we made, we didn't make as much money as we wanted for a fundraiser, but we did actually... For it to be raining, though, yeah. you probably did pretty well. I think we almost, I think we're a couple thousand short of our actual budgeted amount in the budget but okay oh, i think i'm on i'm on, Ooh. on. he's good Woo. he is but yeah i mean considering the rain and and all the uh the o- that was the only unseen event that we gotcha that we couldn't control. oh yeah you yeah. couldn't control you that you have no control over the weather for anything so, yeah but next year hopefully yeah it will be august okay. 18th next year so it'll be warmer Whoa, even it'll if be it does even rain. earlier yeah. august 18th oh my goodness wow. yeah I can tell you I'll probably already be out of town. Darn. Okay. So. So joining us on the phone um, from Eastern Ontario, we have the lovely and talented Ember Swift. Ember, are you with us? I'm here, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. No um, problem. And tolerating a little bit of our technical challenges and getting you on the show. (laughs) You're here now. We won't dwell on that stuff. Um, (laughs) uh, Just to let you know, because you can't see us, which is unfortunate because we're kind (laughs) of hot. Love it. Don't brag, just facts. There's me. which we've talked, our, we've spoken before, but there's also Bryn. Hi, Amber. And Jeremy. Hi, Bryn. Hello. And Hi, Jeremy. Dan. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. So mm, that, thank you. That's who will be um, talking to you. Um, and I really, my first question is actually, we had a hard time scheduling you to come because you were in Australia. What were you doing in Australia? Um, we go to Australia really regularly. It was our eighth time over. We're we're musicians of course and so we go on tour there um we actually did a tour in australia this time and also in new caledonia which is a country in the french pacific it's still governed by france but it's like it's like near to fiji so that's where i was wow Uh so exotic exotic places to tour like by Fiji. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exotic, but um, really, really rewarding. And, and Australia's gone really well for us. We've been there for... We've been touring there since 2001. So, it's a good place for us to go. So do you find that the audiences are very different when you go to, like, to Canada, United States, or um, Australia? Mm-hmm. I think that we all have diff- slightly different 
political realities, but ultimately I find people that remind me of people in, in varying countries. So I'll meet an Australian that makes me think of a Canadian who makes me think of an American. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, like we're all from first world countries. We all have really right. similar issues. Sorry. Right, right. Um, so this, your most recent album, The Dirty Pulse, is actually your ninth album. You've been actually doing music professionally for like 10 years, right? Yeah, well, I've been releasing albums for 10 years, but I've been pursuing music professionally for more than that, for maybe 12 years, okay. 12 or 13. Wow. So, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> so what got you into doing music? Well, I started playing in the folk coffeehouse house circuit when I first went to university mm-hmm. and um, you know it was great fun and I I felt like music was the most natural way for me to express how I was feeling about the world and um, how I was feeling in my personal life mm-hmm. and I've been writing songs for a long time so it just Oops. seemed to snowball from there and you know 12 mm-hmm. and a half years later here I am talking to you right. <laughs> Ooh, you you've arrived when you're <laughs> That's for sure. (laughs) Well, I'd like to take a listen to something from the album, the new album, The Dirty Pulse. Um, Do you have a preference of the three songs that we're going to play? Which one you'd like us to play first? No, why don't you surprise me? Okay, well, why don't we play um, Ten Pin? Alex, if you can do that, that's the third one? Sure. You don't have it? Okay, Um, how about the first one then, Some Fine Day? Got that one? I'm... We're doing hand signals with our engineer, Ember, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But this is um, Some Fine Day from Ember Swift's album, The Dirty Pulse.
And it was, quite, you know, what a perfect uh, song for today, especially. It's a beautiful fall yeah. day. Yeah, it is. It's a gorgeous day today. So that song was really fun. Actually, Dan was dancing. Yeah, there was a lot <laughs> of dancing going on here. He was studio. dancing, no doubt. and we were all fortunate he Kinda kept his jamming. clothes on. <laughs> He's not always oh. so eager to keep them on. But I'm not going to guarantee that for the second and third one. Okay. <laughs> right. So tell us, tell us, that song was really, really fun. And yeah. can you tell us a little bit about it, about that song in particular? Uh, yeah, I think in the last couple of years, especially, um, you know, anyone who's trying to work for for a slightly better world, anyway, like socially or politically or just within their own families and friend groups, you know, it's been so discouraging. The way mm-hmm. the world is going has been so discouraging. And mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you know about that down there in the United States of America. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I just found that we just needed, I needed something that was hopeful because it's so easy to write about what's wrong with the world. I just it's thought, a hopeful song. We need to write about yeah. the eventuality of goodness. And so this is a co-write with my bandmate, Lyndall Montgomery, and um, just about, it was, it's about wanting people to, to get up and wanting ourselves to get up and dance and loosen up and believe that there is going to be something down the way that's better. What normally nice. so, like, um, inspires you, Eber? Like, inspires you to write your songs? Um, it's, that's different for every song. It's kind of like what inspires, it's like, I guess, asking someone what would inspire them to have a conversation. Like, every... Every song is different. Every song is another dialogue about something. And, um, you know, sometimes I'm inspired by other music as much as I'm inspired by the weather and a conversation I might have in, in the grocery store. Right, <laughs> right. I might read, mm-hmm. you know? Gotcha, right. Yeah. And, like, and, and with this being your um, ninth album, are these just songs that you've always, you've always put, uh, dreamed of putting together, or did you make these songs specifically mm-hmm. for this album? Yep. They're specifically for the album. Like, I'm... I'm a songwriter that writes really regularly, and that's evidenced by the nine albums. But, <laughs> you know, I just thought, okay, well, this body of work, this particular album is going to be a bunch of songs that are a lot more positive than some of my other albums. Because, you know, I, I do sing about what's happening globally, and, and a lot of my work has an activist edge to it. But as I was just saying, it's so easy to sing about the things that are going wrong so this is an album of uh, like a specifically designed collection of happy songs <laughs> although there are some kind of there are some references to things that are going a little awry but they're done with um with hope right where yeah. does the name of the album come from um it's kind of multifaceted i i wanted it to be a little bit out there so people could decide on what it means for themselves but for me like i lived in i lived in toronto for a really long time almost 10 years and that's a great city if you've ever been there it's fantastic it it's really, really fostered the beginnings of my music career and then two years ago um my partner and i moved out to the country and that was the best thing i'd ever done is just getting back to a connection of with nature and learning how to garden and um, feeling a new kind of diversity of community. And that's, you know, when you live in the country, your neighbors are your community, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of people, all different all different backgrounds, all different cultures, and um, and got me out of the habit of living in a big, diverse urban city, but then only interacting with people who were like me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. That can definitely, yeah, happen. You know, I guess everyone can relate yeah. to that. But... And I just, I really got in touch with um, what really makes me tick, so the pulse of my being, which is 
feeling like I had air to breathe and um, stars to see and getting uh, familiar with with the rhythms of the ground beneath my feet, which I was losing touch with in the city. Mm-hmm. So that's what the, the pulse is about. The dirt is a reference to the earth and mm-hmm. the pulse, which is also my music, but also just what makes me tick. Mm. If that makes any sense, the yes. dirt and pulse is the mm-hmm. title. That was it a bit convoluted, sense. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Was no, poetic. Was I think, yeah. I could tell you're a songwriter. That was very yeah. poetic. It yeah. Was. And, you know, it was a lot better than an, I don't know. It sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right, good. I passed. So I want to kind of ask you a little bit about um, the Toronto LGBT like art community because I've heard that they're very like supportive. Like there's a foundation there that really invests in the, into the community. Um, but I don't know really if it invests mostly like in music or or. Um, are you aware of anything or access to any of those? Oh, totally. That's really where I got my start. The queer community of Toronto is unbelievably supportive of of queer artists who are living and working in Toronto. And um, without that foundation, I really don't feel like I could have branched outside of my city and, and then, you know, explored communities that, you know, diverse communities, not just the LGBT communities of North America and beyond. Um, it's a... Uh, it's a really vibrant community, the LGBT community of Toronto, and that's not just in the realm of music. It's there's a huge theater community and dance community yeah. and, and visual arts community, and um, it is just such a vibrant scene. It is. Do you know? Here's a little piece of statistics. <laughs> you know oh. that Toronto Pride is the largest Pride in North America. No. I did Bigger not know San that. Francisco. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. Wow. Over a million people go. Wow. That's, that's wow. It's the largest festival in the city of Toronto. So. Wow. That's a lot of queers. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of queers. <laughs> Pretty nice. You can hear the smile, can't you? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you find that you're still able to be connected to that scene, Ember, like after you've you've moved out to the country now and um, you're sort of in a, you're a, do you find that you're still a part of it even though you're not in the thick of it? Yeah, I think that by 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 virtue of of being queer, you're part of the queer community no matter where you live. Mm-hmm. Um I have a large extent, extended friend network and mm-hmm. when I go back into the city, I, I feel like that friend network is still really really connected for me and and just within the community itself. But I think when when you first move to a big city and you're queer and you and you need to find your footing. I think generally your community it's it's pretty much entirely based on the queer community. But my community in the city is, is not just the queer community, it's of course the arts community and the mm-hmm. activist community and um and just my extended friend network from various things. So, you know, I do feel connected to that world but I don't feel it's central to to what I need in life and anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's to important. find that balance is really important. Pardon? I said to find that balance is really important. It's all about balance, I think. Yeah, it's it's hard yeah. to find the balance, I think. Mm-hmm. But I'm I just had a place in my life where where I don't necessarily need the weekly dyke bar. There you go, yeah. yeah. Me okay. neither. Me neither. <laughs> well, we'd like to play another song. Um, we're going to, from the Dirty Pulse, called Impossible. Um, and I just was going to say that, you know, it's hard to find the balance, but not impossible. And we'll listen to the Impossible song, and then we'll talk for a few more minutes with Ember Swift. So here's Impossible. Okay.
I squint and blur my eyes a little I can almost see you, you like it A swirling verbal riddle And the answer shaves its edges well Sandy with the travel, smooth and rough at once And impossible to tell You are impossible to tell You are impossible, impossible, impossible You're like those endless pattern prints Sold in framing shops at the mall And if you stare and squint and blur and wait You might discern the hidden form But it's always something stupid Like a leaping unicorn Ready to hang forever On someone's bathroom wall You are impossible, impossible, impossible You are impossible to tell Impossible to tell It is impossible to tell With you I wonder why I waste my time staring in curious I know the glimpses of you that I find are temporary at best and always disappointing And though I wonder all the same If one day while I'm staring I'll see these brilliant colorful flames Lick up and heal the gaps Between your meaning and your claims And all that I know Is you are impossible to tell Impossible to tell It is impossible to tell Where is you? Oh, oh It's impossible to tell with you. I loved it. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> I was loved great. it. Thank you. That's the most stripped-down track on the record. Um, Just me and my guitar. Haven't yeah. done that in a while. Yeah. Awesome. That's very nice. So, um, as we wind up this interview, really, I want to say, mention that you own your own. You have your own label. Yes, I do. Um, called Fuel Ignite Sound. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, first of all, that's a really cool name. Um, Thanks. So I'm sure that there's a story behind that really cool name, too. Um, okay. But also, the thing that I read that was really, um, I think, really noticeable or really commentable on about the, the label is that you um, don't have other artists on your label because you think that artists should own their own art. Um, and you, can you kind of elaborate on that? Because I'm sure I didn't do it any kind of eloquent justice whatsoever. <laughs> well, sure. Um, basically, the label was started in 1997, and that was a time when independent art was still being challenged as being illegitimate, like somehow being not as good or not as talented or not as sustainable as mainstream art. And it was kind of, it, I think independent art was also synonymous with unsigned. And now independent art has um, has its own identity. It's it's gained the credibility that it it didn't have at that time. Um, so my first reason for starting the rec- record label was to try and contribute to that movement to see independent art as being a credible um, identity and a choice that artists can make, not because they weren't good enough to get a record deal through a major label, but because they actually just wanted to maintain independence. Um, and then as time has gone on, um, independent has... Um, become a word that m- more people know and use in relation to music and can see as being legitimate, you know, with artists like Oni DeFranco and Dave Matthews and uh, and even um, Dolly Parton, who are independent yeah. artists. That's great. And so for the longest time, people were al- often saying, you know, why aren't you following the model? Why aren't you starting your label as a label that will eventually release the work of other bands? But it became clear to me that it seemed like a contradiction. I was advocating for, for artists to own and operate their own careers, to self-actualize their dreams, to not, to not feel like they needed to be beholden to an industry in order to release their art into the world. Um, so in other words, to not feel like they needed approval or to ask permission before they release their work or to not ever face um, censorship, et cetera, you know, mm-hmm. of identity or of their content. So... Then, if I was going to sign other bands and somehow um, have a hand in their careers, I felt like that was being exactly the thing I was advocating against. <laughs> right, right. Does well, that make sense? So, well, it does make sense, but what about like helping to give birth to other bands or things that... Um, you know that that you can br- bring along or get you know give birth to and help them to to be like their a own mentorship. Label. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what we do without actually signing and therefore having any kind of financial or business um, business uh, power within the context. Like we do workshops and we've launched a website which is a virtual resource for other bands. Okay. And that website has over 20,000 uh, resource contacts, like promotional contacts, radio contacts, right. venue contacts. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of additional resources that we have available for download. So that enables people to see that, you know, it's, it's not about hoarding the information. It's about sharing it, building mm-hmm. community, um, reaching out and helping each other. But, and, and that, that is going to do exactly what you just suggested, help foster someone's dream to get it to help it move forward without actually having any control over it. And as soon as money is involved, there's an, an element of control. And that's pr- pretty much what happens in label situations. A label finances the release of something, and then ultimately they can control the parameters of that release. Yes. Not, and not all labels are evil. Like Not all labels do censor their artists. Many labels have great agreements with artists. 
but I just didn't want to get into that mucky space. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> I just thought, leave it alone. Be, uh, I, I represent myself, and that's it. And then the label acts as more of uh, a learning center. And that's been a really good situation, and it's been running since 97. So I don't think I'm going to change the model anytime soon. All right. Well, right on. Um, if you're interested, listeners, in finding out more information about Ember Swift or buying some of her albums, um, you can go to emberswift.com, E-M-B-E-R-S-W-I-F-T.com. And we'll put a link on that to our website, link to that from our website, which is closetsontheair.com. Also, want to let folks know that you are playing in Ann Arbor in January, which seems very far away, but it's actually not. Mm-hmm. No, um, not so you're going to be at the Ann Arbor F- Folk Festival um, on January 26th. Um, so if you're going to be here in, you know, on a Wednesday, you could maybe stop by and play live <laughs> in hey. the studio if you yeah. wanted. I'm just saying. Hey, maybe. <laughs> just saying. Uh, no pressure. No, no pressure. Also, also, it's an open invitation. We're also going to have an ARC show in March. Just um, Oh, right on. So we'll be, we'll be back in Ann Arbor a few times before the next year is out. That's <laughs> right. Excellent. Wow. Well, Ember, thank and you're gonna you. Have to, uh, I'm going to have to get, make sure that you have the album because the queer song <laughs> is pretending. And okay. uh, that's the one we tried to play in the beginning. So, right. you know, it's yeah, got to make we, it to the airwaves. We weren't able to get that one, but we'll play it for sure. Um, when okay, we, as deal. soon as we can. It. All right. So thanks a lot, Ember, for joining us. Um, and you are welcome to come back anytime. Um, and have a great evening. Thank you so much. Sure, thank you. Thanks, Good night. Bye. Bye. Okay, so we have like four and a half minutes. Or Go something. for it. Yeah. Jeremy, what's going on at RAP? Talk really fast. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Um, there's four or five things I was going to talk about. Um, there's um, community parent, our community parenting enhancement training that's coming up. Um, it's got two dates. You have to go to both of them, though, if you're going to go through it at all. October um, 22nd and 29th. Um, you have to pre-register, so email me if you want Im- more information. Um, it's J-E-R-E-M-Y at wrap-up.org, W-R-A-P-U-P.org. Um, but that's a community workshop uh, workshop for parents who have kids and happen to be um, same-sex couples or queer. Um, the other thing, there are a couple other things. Um, on the 22nd of October, there's also going to be a get out the vote rally um that's being sponsored by HRC and RAP um and that's going to be actually at the um the uh Michigan Union in the Pendleton room the second floor um on State Street and if you want information on that you can also email me and I'll give that out a couple more times I'm sure um but that's a get out the vote rally um just to try and get people to understand the process and and what how important it is to vote um also on October 31st um this is something that hopefully will be annually um the Washtenaw Rainbow Variety Show is going to be happening at oh, um Really? Yes. <laughs> this is a very exciting thing. Um it's 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 going to be a combo a uh, uh, combo event put on by the LGBTA office at U of M, the LGBTRC at Eastern um, Washtenaw Community College's LGBT group and RAP. Um, and it's um, going to be held on the 31st of um, October, which is a Tuesday at 7 p.m. Um, and it's going to be at the Townsley Auditorium at uh, Washtenaw Community College. So, 
So what's involved in a variety show exactly? Is there is there going to be like baton twirling, <laughs> juggling, <laughs> animal acts? Well, I will read you what <laughs> I think. It's, um, let's see. It says the the show will pool the resources, talents, and energies of Washtenaw County's um, institutions of higher education to raise funds and awareness for LGBT. And allied people. I can I can already <laughs> see the title. It's just you know, uh, um, Ann Arbor queers have talent. <laughs> <laughs> it start, the idea started off as a um, as a a drag show or a impersonation show, mm-hmm. but then it morphed into this variety show because people sure. wanted to do more things than just. Um, when is that happening again? This is uh, uh, on Tuesday, October 31st, so it's Halloween. Oh, okay. So, oh, and they're very wow. much encouraging people to come in Halloween costumes. Oh. Well, it is a big gay party. I mean, right. come on. Yeah, no doubt. And there's a nominal, um, there's a nominal ticket cost, and you can actually pick up the tickets at, um, let's see, you can go to the Washtenaw Community College, um, the LGBTA. Then you can also go to the U of M's LGBTA or the LGBTRC at, at Eastern. Um, or you can just email me, and I can send you the information. And what's your email? Um, Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at wrap-up.org, W-R-A-P-U-P.org. Hyphen up always sounds like a drug to me. And the last yeah. thing I'm going to bring up, because I don't have much time left, is um, Saturday, November 4th, is going to be RAP's fourth evening of recognition and remembrance. Um, and you can also email me and get more information about that. Do we know who the speaker is? Um, there are presentations and entertainment. There's oh, not fantastic. a specific speaker. We're fantastic. recognizing um, Washtenaw County faith community. Um, multiple faiths and people who have stood up over the years against people who bash people with religion. So that's who we're honoring this year. Fabulous. And really quickly, um, we do want to acknowledge that there's a lot of controversy going on out in Ferndale around the Affirmations Community Center, and we are going to be all over it next week. Don't think we're ignoring it, because we're all about the controversy around here. That's right. Next week. That's right. Come back. get an earful. That's right. You (laughs) totally will. So thanks again for joining us. We'll see you the same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning into Closets Are Foreclosed on WCBN FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. You can contact us by calling 734 763 3500. That's 763 3500. Or you can write us here at the station.